Today's podcast is brought to you by Autoconversion. B2B companies are faced with a multitude of challenges today when it comes to sales and marketing. The perpetual need to be creating demand will almost never subside. But with so much noise in the marketplace, how can your company's message cut through and reach your target audience? At Autoconversion, we have a way. Through conversations and relationships, we help our clients form, package, and deliver their branded messages in unique ways that create awareness, spark interest, and drive demand. Find out how in our brand new B2B Demand Generation Quick Start Guide, which you can download free today at www.autoconversion.net or by texting ACB2B to 555-888. That's ACB2B to 555-888. If you aren't growing your business, then your business is shrinking. Get the free guide today. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. So welcome to today's show, AC On Air, Autoconverse On Air. This is our live weekly webcast, and uh, this is where we focus on how we're connected and how we get around, and we're here to have a good time. And I'm Ryan Girardi, so thank you for joining us. Today is Wednesday, June 5th. So happy hump day and happy hot air balloon day. That's right. Today is hot air balloon day. The hot air balloon is the oldest form of flight technology used for carrying humans. And uh, it was first, uh, the first manned flight was in 1783. And mm-hmm. so as we know, the hot air uh, is, uh, creates like an envelope. And uh, that's, that's hotter than the air around it. So I guess the farther north you are, the better. And then the gondola carries us up and, uh, and brings us up. And that's pretty cool. So today is the annual celebration of Hot Air Balloon Day. And my wonderful co-host, Terry, sent me a picture today. What do you have, your own personal hot air balloon? Is that what No, you- that, was, that was the weirdest thing. Can you, can, I, I sent that picture. Is there any way you can show it? Uh, can you pop it up there? It was... Um, that that was about fifteen years ago, I think, and my kids were small at that time, and we're <laughs> we're asleep on Sunday morning, and we hear this, <laughs> right? And uh, and the kids get up and run to the window and start screaming, "Daddy, Daddy, Daddy! Look in the backyard!" And this weather, this uh, giant hot air balloon just landed in our backyard, and uh, from the Vanderbilt Medical Center, just just you know, popped down in the backyard. There, they, uh, I, I guess they were having flight trouble, and they were looking for a patch of green. And uh, our our yard was the patch of green, so they just landed in the yard. And five minutes later, a truck pulled up in the driveway, and they, they packed it up through the gondola in the back of the truck and uh, folded up and headed on their way. It took the whole thing. Whole thing lasted about five minutes. They got that thing deflated and packed up in five oh, minutes. You, 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 turn, you turn off the jets and there's no hot air holding it up. Boom, it's gone. I guess that's true. Well, yeah. at least everyone was safe. I just thought yes. that was funny because I recognized the view that that right. was the backyard. <laughs> yeah. What are the chances of that? So it, it, it's never, I've been waiting for, it, uh, waiting for it to happen again, and it's never happen, happened again. But that was a, that was a wake-up call on a Sunday morning. <laughs> well, you will have to get your own. Yeah, get your own hot air balloon. Yeah, I like it here on the ground. Well, listen, I don't think Big Tom Lapointe is joining us because I don't see him. Haven't heard from him. So, Tom, um, Tom, I hope you're okay. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but Tom LaPointe was supposed to be up here. This was going to be the Tom and Terry show. A triad. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the Terry and Ryan show. We'll have to try it, uh, try it again some other time. Uh, quick shouts out. Last week we had Eric Milch and James Clauson from Dealer Teamwork and had just a great conversation uh, that started off around Jeff Bezos's comments, I guess you could say, on the auto industry, commenting how interesting and fascinating right. he finds the auto industry. And so we got a little bit about Amazon and that podcast is available. Uh, so if you're subscribed to the Auto Converse podcast, you've probably already found it, but it's labeled merchandising, personalization, uh, and optimization, I think is what it's called. You, you, Terry, you caught some of that conversation? I did a little bit. I, I, I read the notes and I, 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 and I definitely read uh, Bezos' comments. So er, everybody's coming for it. The, the, the transportation industry is, uh, is, is, on, is in everybody's gun sites. Everybody wants a piece of the pie. Right. Yep. Well, I liked where that conversation went because reality is, and, and James brought this up, that it's, it's not so much about Amazon selling cars per se, but it's just how they're involved. And you know, Amazon's invested into companies like Rivian, and I just blanked on the other one that they're invested into, uh, but you know, autonomous vehicles and self-driving mm -hmm. uh, cars and whatnot. Um, yeah. So Amazon yeah. doesn't. Amazon doesn't have to sell cars because of their reach and influence. They they can offer they they offer a a a, a, a wedge into you know to selling whatever it is they want to sell, and they may not sell it, but they can definitely make it easy for somebody else to to, to get in there and get a piece of the pie. Whoever that may be it remains to be seen. Yeah, well, mobility as a service—that's where they're—that's where the they're going to be playing. That's where a lot of these companies are playing. And something we're going to bring up today here, and, and I'll wrap it up. So today we're going to talk about Uber's partnership with Fair, which kind of, mm -hmm. uh, kind of on the heels of uh, one of our guests from a couple of weeks ago. We had Stefan Ferry from FlexDrive. They uh, just announced their partnership with Lyft. I shouldn't say just announced. It's, uh, I think they're a couple of years in. Um, what else we got? Merrill Lynch slashes EV. It's EV forecast. We'll have a little bit of info on that. And then all these rumors of a Ford GM merger. Right. Really, I look, when I looked into it, Terry, really had me taken back. So we'll chat it, about it, it that. So, it sounds shocking. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-numbing shocking. But when you start to look at the numbers, it becomes – it looks in, it, almost inevitable. I mean, it looks like it's, uh, it's a thing that, that, that might even have to be. Well, I want to get into that. I, yeah. I have some thoughts on that and not that my opinion matters, but I definitely wouldn't mind talking about. So, so let's do this. Thanks uh, folks. If you're tuned in live, Tiffany, I saw you up here. So what's up Tiff and uh, congratulations on your new gig. Um, if you're on the recording, great to have you here. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning into the podcast. And if you haven't already folks, we have a text code set up. And if you text the keyword autoconverse to 64600, we will send the show to your handy little phone right here. Uh, and you can tune in from your phone or catch the video replay later. So be sure to do that. All right, my man. So, so what do you so. think? Where do you think we should start? Let's start with Ford. That's Ford and GM. That's that's huge. I mean, I, I I like fell out of my seat. I dropped my popcorn when I read that. As, as the old <laughs> saying goes, like Ford and GM. What baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and I mean, how, how how do Ford and GM combine? What what will the NASCAR people do? 
what what will rednecks fight about? I don't, you know, how how are you going to if Ford and GM are the same thing? You know, how how how's this even possible? And what it goes to show you is the decreasing important of the importance of the North American market. What 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 uh, what rednecks in Alabama and race fans think about the Ford and GM merger is is probably way down their list of uh, of, of things that's important to them. Well, you're right. It definitely taps into kind of a, a cultural. Uh, uh, just a, a cultural, you know, plate shift, if you will. But here's the other thing. It's not just Ford and GM that, that apparently are looking at this. You've got Chrysler, FCA, mm-hmm. right. and Renault yeah. looking at a partnership. So, um, you know, you got VW, which mm-hmm. is tons of brands, right? right. <laughs> um, yeah. and then head, head, heads and shoulders far and away the, the number one number one manufacturer in the world. Sure, globally. And I think that's what all this comes down to right. is that everyone's after the global market. No right. automaker is content with just being, you know, a continental or a national brand. It's all about the global market. Yeah. So VW, Which, VW and Toyota are, are, you know, far and away leading on, on a global scale. And uh, everyone else is just trying to catch up with that. Do you think, Terry, that's going to open up the idea uh, or the open up the kind of the boutique car makers. I mean, Tesla is, here's what's funny. Tesla is, is kind of thumbed by the auto, auto industry because right. of their size, right. right? As if they have to prove themselves to, you know, to get with the big guys. But then you've got companies like, I'll say Karma Automotive, okay? Which is, um, um, is a national player. Uh, if you're familiar with Karma Automotive, based yeah. out of uh, Southern California, you know if if everyone's going global, then doesn't that leave room for the for the <laughs> the mom and pop makers for for the, for the specialty brands and 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 possibly, but uh, the other question is you know again going back to mobility as as a service, how important are the manufacturers going to be? You know that's uh, so, so the manufacturer. You know no one knows who who makes buses. That's not you know the, the, there's no big fight over who the big bus manufacturer are. That's just you know you just get on the bus and uh, you know uh, Boeing is the biggest plane manufacturer. But for the most part, unless you start hearing about seven thirty sevens crashing, you don't care who makes the plane that you got on. You just the the, the fight then becomes between the airlines. And uh, I mean the, it, it's it's a wild world and there, there's a lot of things going into play. And I think that's why you see so much. So, so much happening that people are tr- people are trying to get big. Uh, the Ford Ford and GM have to be big in case there are only room. There's only room in the world for five manufacturers. They need to be one of the five. And right now they're not in the top five. <laughs> All I can think of when we talk about uh, conglomerates and mergers is, is is the greed of capitalism. Yeah. I'm a big fan of capitalism, but there's a level of greed within capitalism that that I'm perplexed by. Like, why can't we just <laughs> Why can't you just be content with having a piece of, uh, it's just, everything seems to merge and converge. Well, dealerships, it's happening with dealerships, mm-hmm. big box stores, right? You've got Target, Walmart, uh, you know, Costco. It's like, it's like everything has to be big and, and global. Well, and, and, and I think that the, one of the things I end up talking about a lot is, is, is automation and, and, and the sales process and uh, the, the, people get big. And they automate stuff, and they try they try to pull all of the um, all of the fat out of it to make it to make everything skinny. So it's going to boil down almost in every level. It boils down to one thing. So there's going to be big and and automated and less personal 
and you know the Amazon where you push a button and something gets delivered to you, and then there's going to be something with the human touch. There, there's a concierge, you know that, that there's that is you know there's person to person human the the uh, the extraordinary white glove service. And I, I think we're I'm thinking like a lot of things going in the world. Uh, you're, we're coming we're splitting things down to a bipolar level. It's it's going to be this or that, one or the other. Well, one area that I you and I disagree, or at least that I disagree, is about that automation makes things impersonal um but because there there is a role that automation plays in fact here's what's funny uh, i was going to mention this uh, last week when eric milch was on we looked at his 2019 predictions for automotive mm-hmm. and the very first one uh if i get it verbatim was uh, automation in marketing is going to make people happy and i actually thought he was being tongue-in-cheek but he wasn't Right, and he and he went into why it's going to make our why it is making our lives better, um, but I know where you're coming. Yeah, I know it, where you're it, coming from. It, you it, feel it, like it, it impersonalizes things. Well, it, it it impersonalizes and it especially automation in marketing when you're getting emails that uh, you know that uh, that they're they're poorly timed, uh, bad automation, and and most of the automation I see is is done poorly. Uh, so uh, and, and most and most I've, of the IE I see is done is done poorly. <laughs> I find automation high maintenance. Hey, real quick shout out. Uh, one of our viewers, uh, first time viewer stopped by. He noticed that you had Sully up on the shelf behind you. Says yeah. he has the same Sully as well. Where, where, where did his boo? Ask him where his boo went. My daughter has the boo. I have Sully. <laughs> All right. So, so Jason, if, uh, if you caught that, you'll have to chime in and let us know where, where the boo is. Okay, so Chrysler or FCA, Renault want to merge, Ford, GM want to merge. It's all about economics. It's all about global yeah, it's, domination. It's, uh, it's bizarre, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, I'm against it. I say, uh, I say uh, focus, on, focus on product, focus on – you know, there's, there's this big shift – it's funny, Merrill Lynch just came out with their uh, EV forecast, mm-hmm. okay, and they've downgraded – all their numbers. In fact, let me find for, it. for EV penetration. Yeah, let me find here. So basically, here here's what here's what it comes down to. So electric cars, um, the Merrill Lynch they revised their forecast because it now believes that the total EV costs are not coming down as fast as were expected. So things right. like you know battery prices and whatnot. So it slashed its sales forecast in half. Says EVs will now reach only five percent market share by 2025, which is down from its initial previous estimate of 10 percent. And by 2013, they'll reach only 15 percent, which is half of what they had uh, estimated previously. Um, yeah. Also, says the average transaction price for EVs in 2025 will be forty-two thousand dollars, which actually seems high right now. But ten what, that's what's six the, years from now. What's the average transaction price for a for a you know, EVs uh, now? No, for regular cars now, for gas powered cars. Uh, it's I'd say it's in the low to mid twenties. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, if you think of the brands, you know, the the mainstream brands: Toyota, mm-hmm. Honda, Hyundai, Kia, right? Maybe throw in those are the big ones. Okay. Right. I mean, most of those cars are going to be in the high teens, low twenties for the most part. Yeah. The new Chevy Trailblazer just came out. It's like 22, 22K. That's, that, that, that's the advertising price, though. Yeah, you, can't, right. you, can't, yeah, you can't buy one for that. I know. Like, I bought a, a Jeep Cherokee, what, two years ago? Yeah. And uh, paid like 
pretty much 30 grand for it. Right. Yeah. It's advertised at like 24 to 26. So. Right. Um, but anyway, I thought that was pretty fascinating just that they're slashing their estimates that much. I mean, EVs really have struggled to take off. They really have. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, well, it's the, it's the battery, the, of course, the issue of course is, is, is battery and, and range anxiety and all that. And the, uh, and the, the battery technology isn't, uh, isn't advancing, um, the way that uh, that it needs to advance, and and also just mining and getting the the, the precious metals that uh, that need, that are needed. Uh, what what do they call the rare earth minerals that are that are needed to make these uh, these batteries is, uh, is 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 becoming a more of a hiccup than than I think people people expected. And you know, it's funny. China just yeah. threatened to uh, to basically uh, oust the international community from getting those minerals. From right, because they own yeah, they own most of them because they have so much land over there. So. Yeah. Was it Tom Clancy wrote, uh, was it Bear and the Dragon when China and Russia go to war? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And it was over, it was over, uh, uh, it was over land on the border. Right. And, and for those natural, for those natural resources. All right. Hey, uh, Jason says Boo is still attached to a Sully. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, also says, good point here. FCA has been at the bottom of CSI scores for years and we're no, will probably take a serious hit to their reputation by merging. FCA from a, um, from a value standpoint, from a market cap is worth uh, far more than, than Renault. Um, but FCA yeah. can't, can't get global. They can't get international and that's why they need Renault. Right. Right. Yeah. I think the, the internet, the, the national market, the U S market, you know, people, people have kind of been dogging on Ford, because the oh, Ford's in trouble, their market cap's been cut in half. They've had to slash all, all their sedans, but you know for, they're they're in the truck business, and I think they're uh, they're uh, Ford from you know Ford look like is they kind of because they, because they don't have a great presence in China the way GM does, which, which is GM's main benefit for for a merger is that Ford is the uh, you know Chevy's is, Chevy is baseball hot dogs apple pie and Chevrolet, but Ford now is is the American brand. They've got the number one best selling truck, and we're and we're, this is truck country, and uh, so Ford looked like they kind of, they kind of set themselves up to stick to uh, to America. So that makes sense. So if you think about it, GM has uh, GMC and they have right. Chevy Chevy trucks, right? Both right? right. solid trucks. So I think from GM's standpoint, to bring on Ford as as just a truck brand, you know yeah. that that does kind of make sense. But now here's a twist to it. Tesla is working on a, on a pickup right. that, that. that is expected to blow the doors off of the, um, the, you know, the tow capacity of any pickup that's out there and, yeah. be an, it, and be an EV, of course, as well. Yeah, if they're going to do that, they're going to have to put something on that, uh, on that EV to make it go vroom. Because right? I don't think they're, not, they're not going to sell any trucks. Nobody, nobody wants a whisper quiet, uh, big old honking truck. That's just mm-hmm. that's not what they buy them for. Do you know there's actually technology that is being uh, incorporated into yeah. be specifically to make noise more for a safety feature than anything? Oh, I, I almost got ran over by one. I was in a parking lot one time, and this, <laughs> you know, I was walking across the parking lot, and this all of a sudden, phew. And this car, this the EV just flew right past me. I had no idea they were there, and uh, that uh, that uh, I dropped my popcorn. It was uh, it was, it was <laughs> it dude. You have the best one-liners, <laughs> folks. If you have have not gotten this book, this is Terry's book. Better. What's been out about two years now? Uh, actually, it came out in December of 2015. So uh, three and a half years has been out. 
number one seller on Amazon, yep. over a hundred reviews. Congratulations. Thank I you. Take, I'm, I, I'm uh, tickled that I was the 100th review <laughs> up there. But so many good one-liners in here. This book will change your life. Self-help for the rest of us. And he did not pay me to say that. I, not, not, not a dime. No. <laughs> no. By the way, did you ever pay that invoice? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> That's why I said I didn't pay a dime. Not a dime. Uh, it's too bad Tom couldn't make it, man. I was looking forward to that guy getting back on the air. You know, so a lot of folks that tune in would know Tom LaPointe, Big Tom. He's working now for Preston Automotive Group. Uh, yeah. out of the Baltimore area. He's uh, basically overseeing e-commerce for about, a, uh, I think, close to a dozen stores. But Tom, I got to give Tom kudos here. When a couple few years ago, when I was selling advertising for Dealer Refresh, I was uh, toying with Kirshner with these ideas for doing a show. And for like a year, we would talk about it, and, and, but we never executed on any. And I just couldn't imagine doing a show for Dealer Refresh by myself. Like it just right. didn't make sense. And so I was at Matt Koenig's Rockstar Auto event in Dallas and uh, I was doing some live interviews there and, and I just met Tom. I had known him socially for a while, but just met. And he did some interviews with me and I, I'm like, dude, you're good at this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yeah, I used to do broadcasting back in the military. So yeah. he's got experience in that. So I told him about the show concept and, and he was all on board. And so we launched Refresh Friday. Uh, if it wasn't for Tom, I don't think we would have launched Refresh Friday because I just, I, you know, I just didn't want to do it alone and, and, right. and where Jeff was. They're still doing it. I don't think they've changed it really much. It's, now it's Alex Snyder and Jeff. But, yeah. man, Tom, if you can get your butt back in here, like, just once a month, it'd be, it'd be good. He's good. And, and, and shout out to, the, to all the folks at Preston. I've known, I've known the folks at Preston for a long time, 20, 20 some odd years. My, my actually, uh, my, my father, uh, owns a, owns a, uh, my, my father is, uh, is paraplegic and he has, uh, he has a handicapped van that we bought used from, uh, from, uh, Preston of Millsboro, I believe the store. I, I drove, I drove 12 solid hours to buy a van from a Preston store and turn no around, kidding. Turn, yeah, turn, turn around and drove back. Here, let me tell you an interesting story. I, I drove all night and drove across the, uh, the Baltimore Bay bridge there, uh, in the middle of the night and had no idea what it was. So the next day I pick up this, uh, this handicap conversion van. That's a little higher, a little wider than what I'm used to driving. And I turn around on like two hours sleep and I'm driving back to, to Nashville and have to drive across this bridge again in this van. I'm not used to driving with the wind whipping back and forth. It's the scariest bridge in the world. And I'm afraid of heights. And oh, I, and I got halfway across the bridge and I was, I was petrified. I was white knuckling it and, just, just, just driving just like this. I, I, I slowly moved to the center lane and drove about 10 miles under the speed limit in the center lane, 10 and two with eyes directly ahead of me. But because uh, there are actually people who, 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 who get paid to drive other people across that bridge. And uh, at one point I w- I'd considered stopping and just, you know, I, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> How yeah. high up is that bridge? Uh, 200 feet, 200 feet above the bay. So about okay, I didn't know that. Are you yeah. familiar with the Mackinac Bridge? In, I, 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 in Michigan, I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a treacherous bridge. Cars get blown off that all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Golden Gate can be that way, but you're not going to get blown off because it's got the cables. It's got it's got all the cables, and you're you're kind of encased in in the Golden Gate. I've ne- I've never driven across the Golden Gate, but I did run across the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> yes, you did. When I read that in your, in in your book, I just imagined you like got your arms out. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> with the chariots of fire background there you music go. going on. <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. That's that. That was my thing. Eye of the Tiger. There you go. There you go. Well, hey, folks, we like to keep this to about a half hour. So probably kind of get the wind down started. Terry, you brought up, I think, a really cool um, just thought. And, and you know, I do like to, to kind of, um, I don't know, really uh, draw back to, to past guests. And so you brought this article up about busyness being a, a sickness. And it's funny because uh, we have talked about this recently, Rob mm-hmm. Holman and I, on the White Collar Therapy Show, which I do every other Monday. And then last week when Eric Milch was on and, and we did his automotive predictions, one of his predictions was that the whole hustle mentality was going to, was that, that whole kind of trend was going to uh, catch up to people and, and become unpopular. Oh, I hope so. I hate it. So, I, I hate. I hate. I hate the uh, the hustle culture, the busy culture, the the the. the you know, I hate, I hate everything about that. So, tell us about the article. Why being busy is a modern sickness. Well, the uh, the, the article that I read uh, that was in there, there's a couple of things. There was a video that goes with it. Goes with it. the video was simply about uh, uh, meditation and becoming aware and about mindfulness. But the, uh, the, the point is why this is a modern thing is because we have so many distractions, you know, from our phones and, and we have, you know, multimedia channels and we're all, we've all got so much going on that we kind of get lost into it. And it's like, it's like a feedback loop. The busier we become, the busier we get and we stay busy to, uh, to, in order to stay busy. So we don't have to think we're, because we're, we're, we're not, we're so, because we're not comfortable being alone with our thoughts. We're not comfortable Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just being, just, 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 just being here. And we all, we, we have to stay busy and, and from a sales standpoint, and I'll work with a lot of automotive salespeople from a sales standpoint that, you know, they wear it like a badge of honor. I'm a hustler. I'm a grinder. I'm 10 times this. And, and they, they do that, uh, a lot of times in, uh, instead of in lieu of productivity, because I, and I always look at it as if you're hustling and working 80 hours a week, you must be really bad at your job. Right. <laughs> if it, take, if it right. takes you 80 hours a week or 70 hours a week to do what you need to do, you are not anywhere near as productive as you need to be because production is a time measure. There's a time component. And if you're putting that much time is, that just means you're not productive at it. And I think the, the, um, because of Facebook, everyone, you know, some, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, to put a label on, on productivity. There's nothing to brag, brag about productivity. So it's just easy to brag about being, to being uh, a hard worker and hustling and, and, and putting all the grind in. And, and it, it makes, it makes you, it makes you feel bad about how unpro- it makes you feel better about how unproductive you truly are. Well, we, yeah, we definitely, I think as individuals have different ways of coping with uncomfortableness. So for some, you know, some people giggle and laugh when they get nervous. Mm -hmm. Some people get talkative when they get nervous. Some people, you know, when they get into a social setting, have to have alcohol right away just to be comfortable. So they've all got that. And, and then, yeah, there's, if I would definitely say I am prone, I know I am personally prone to, to busyness in the sense that I'm always wanted to be doing something productive, Mm -hmm. not busy for the sake of being busy, 
Um, I know people that I remember my grandmother used to always kind of shuffle around the house and, and just always be busy doing something. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what relaxed her mind. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to do that's what that, I'm not relaxed may not be the word. That's what quieted her mind. Right. And that's what, that's what the article is. That's what's quieted her mind. If, if, if you're, if you're constantly doing something, then you can kind of quell the, the thunderstorm of thoughts bouncing around in your mm-hmm. head and you don't get lost in whatever it is that, uh, that maybe you're anxious, you're truly anxious about. And so, so external busyness is, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, you know, a medication for internal busyness because most people don't know the, the, the real way to quiet that internal business busyness. Sure. And obviously as the article points out, and I know that you recommend this and, and, and I as well is, you know, if you can learn to meditate on a, on a daily, if not on a regular, if not daily basis, right. Um, you know, the problem with meditation I know for most people is <laughs> we're so conditioned to expect something, right? Exactly. So, and the whole idea of meditation is to do nothing. Is to it's, learn not to expect anything. <laughs> right. I yeah. read, if you read the Tao Te Ching. And I have. Okay. So you know the Tao Te Ching. And this sure. little book, by the way, is great. I've been reading it since I was 15. Um, in this translation, the John C. Wu translation, he refers to meditation as the state of non-ado. Yeah. Right? Wu Wei. Yeah. The whole idea is, is the state, which is impossible really to completely shut off your mind. As you said, these weather patterns of, you know, these currents of thought just come through there. Um, it's a matter of recognizing that it's a thought and then, and yeah. then putting it away. It's, it's about learning not to be controlled by your thoughts. And, right. not, and, and, and it's, it's, about, it's about letting go, not letting your thoughts control you and not trying to control your thoughts, just being here now. Well, we might have to do Hump Day Zen together. I used to do a a live Periscope every Wednesday called Hump Day Zen, and I would just focus on just trying to get some some Zen in your life. So maybe I'll incorporate it into this show. But (laughs) hey, man, we're at the bottom of the hour, so I think we got to wind this puppy down. I'm glad you found that article. Um, Let me just do a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, closing ceremonies here. So I'm going to share my screen. So as I mentioned, the podcast from last week's show with Eric Milsch and James Klaus uh, has been released, Merchandising Personalization Optimization. Thank you to everyone that's uh, subscribed to the podcast and listening. It's great watching that grow. And if you like the podcast, um, want to help us out, do me a couple of things. Let somebody know about it. And also hit the uh, either the Google Play or the iTunes store and uh, post a review, post a, um, you know, a rating and a review for us. And Terry, I forgot to mention, we have a special giveaway to do. So, all right, let's see. Where is, where is, did I forget to bring it up? I might've forgotten to bring it up. Uh, No, it's up here. Give me one second. I know it's up here. No, maybe not. Your your tab your tab line could use a little zen, man. You got a yeah, lot going on up there. I meant, I meant to bring this up here. Okay, so, and if you just saw, I just released my interview conversation with Dane Seville from Reunion Marketing. That uh, he was on two weeks ago. Great conversation around the uh, the media strategy that he's launched with Reunion Marketing called KPI Cafe. But all right, folks, here's the deal. Next month. 
June 18th, 19th, and 20th is the Automotive CX Summit Series. It's actually two back-to-back summits. They're both basically a day and a half. So you have the Automotive, the 15th Annual Automotive CX Summit. Uh, that's focused on, on customer experience. And then you have the Auto CX Analytics and AI Summit. Now, the 20% off registration has expired. So shouts out to everyone that took advantage of that. Uh, I know Mike, the car guy, is going to be there. Um, and there are a few others. I don't even know the names of everybody. But you have to check this out. This is good stuff. We are doing a free dealer ticket giveaway. We have two tickets to give away to the Summit Series. And if you look at the prices, these are great tickets. Uh, these are about $1,500 a piece. And so we are giving away two free dealer passes. But check this out. There's a tech expo. You've got the Audi e-tron uh, vehicle on display there with, the, uh, with Amazon's in-car voice system. Mm-hmm. Lexus has a mixed reality holographic display. And Digital Airstrike will be there doing uh, demos of Facebook Portal and Oculus Go. That's virtual reality. Um, but check out the lineup here. I mentioned Karma Automotive. Um, their VP of Global Sales will be there. You've got a few manufacturers there. Uh, I mentioned Audi, Honda. Um, some large dealer groups are going to be there. Uh, Arian Walker from Amazon will be there. So this is going on in Marina Del Rey. I will be there uh, reporting, live to, uh, reporting live from you there. So if you want the ticket giveaway, here we go. Do you know what it is? Do you know, how, do you know the Easter egg, Terry? Uh, that was, are, are you still doing the Tyrion Lannister thing? Uh-huh. All right, yeah. I do. All right, so uh, this came up on a past show, and if you go to the Autoconverse podcast, you can find it. What kind of car does Tyrion Lannister drive from Game of Thrones? Get me the answer to that. The first two people to respond to that, you will get uh, a pass. And if, and if uh, two of you want to go from your dealership and you, get, and, and you get it early enough, we can probably give you two passes for your dealership. But what kind of car does Tyrion Lannister drive? Find that episode find the answer in there and post it anywhere. Don't direct, you can direct message me, but post it anywhere and we'll get that to you. Two All right. free passes. All right. So next week we have uh, Gavin Sherry coming on from Autonomic. You've probably not heard of Autonomic. They're I have a not. They're a no. startup and um, I should have brought my notes up about that, but Gavin Sherry will be on. And then the week after that, I just mentioned I'll be at the Auto CX Summit at Marina Del Rey. We'll have Mike the Car Guy on as well. Happy birthday, Mike Carrera. Yo, Mikey. Um, happy birthday, Sean Rains. And anyone else who's got a birthday as well. All right, man, we're good to go? All right. It's been a pleasure as always. Tom, we'll catch you next time. Next time, Tom. Terry will be back uh, no later than a month from now. We're going to do an Independence Day special yeah. on Wednesday, July 3rd, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks America. For those. America. Hey, thanks to everyone that tuned in live, first timers, last timers, regulars. We appreciate you uh, being here. Ryan Girardi, Terry Lancaster, we're going to go ahead and turn off our cameras, and then we will shut down, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you. This is Autoburst Media.